Hello and welcome back to the Fools on Souls podcast. My name is Kevin Walker. And as always, I'm joined by my co-stars, Anthony Council and Colin Brown. Today is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. Hope you're having a wonderful day today. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of your day. If you have a great time and don't mind, please do post us, share us, or tell others about us. If you don't like what you hear, then simply tell no one. Today is National Almond Day. So, Colin, Anthony, what is your favorite flavor or style of almonds? Or if you like almonds at all, anyway. Okay, so is it called almond or almond? Like almond or almond? I mean, I don't say everything right, so don't come to me for that. I think it's... I, I say almond. Because you just said almond. Like almond. With the L, you know? Almond. Uh, almond. Colin? Yeah, no, I, I think it's almond. That's uh, how almond. I say it. I'm, that's how I'm going to continue Just don't... I, th- I think as long as you don't, like, say the L for too long, it's just almond. Almond joy. Yeah, almond. There, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but to answer the question, one of my <laughs> favorite snacks as a kid was Hershey's with almonds in it. So that's something whenever I went to like a gas station or something, I used to always get that. So yeah, I would get to the chocolate almonds, like chocolate covered almonds. Those oh, are yeah. so good, mm-hmm. really good. Kevin, what about you? Um, I kind of have to part with uh, Anthony, like he said earlier, the almond joys, almond joys. I really like almond joys; those are really good. Um, you just said almond three times. I did. An almond <laughs> should appear. Um. Other than that, I'm not much of a almond guy. Not much of an <laughs> almond out of the. Now that I'm saying it multiple times, it just sounds weird. What do you think an almond guy looks like? Uh, you God, just you I, just I, said I mean, you just said that he looks like or he sounds like an almond guy. Because so, he says he said almond like ten times. No, but like, what would you think an almond guy looks like? A guy who only eats almonds, like like you know, it's like a bag of peanuts, right? Yeah. And you only pick out the almonds, and you don't eat the rest of it. Okay. Fair enough. Or like trail mix that has like almonds in it. You only eat the almonds, not the M and M's, not the other like the cashews. Only the almonds. I feel like every one of us knows a guy's like that. I do. I mean, I don't know anybody <laughs> in particular that just straight up eats almonds for the heck of it. But there's people out there, I'm sure, that do. Yeah, good old almonds. Almonds are good, man. They're healthy for you. They are good in protein. They are very much so. Well, that's gonna be enough of the almond talk. Uh, let's talk about what actually really matters. Uh, that would be the Super Bowl. Let's uh, let's go ahead. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, as you might know, if you listen to episode eight, Cullen was the only one out of the three of us that picked the Rams to win. Um, so Cullen, go ahead, gloat. Tell us your tell us your fortunes. Well, listen, it had been a rough rough two weeks for me, um, and uh, definitely. Listen, I had to listen, come in here every Wednesday, and let y'all rip into me about Joe Burrow and those Bengals. Uh, and to be honest, going into uh, Friday's last or ep- last episode's episode, I was really debating, being like, should I really pick the Bengals? Like, is Joe Burrow about to burn me again? Uh, stuck to my guns, and the Rams came out on top. Uh, not necessarily too happy about it as a Seahawks fan, having another team in your division win the Super Bowl. Obviously, you guys probably don't want, like, the Eagles, the well, Commanders. I almost <laughs> almost said football team. Commanders or the Giants winning it. So, I mean, it's it, it, you know, I I got it right, yes, but you know, uh, I just thought they were the better football team from top to bottom, and I felt like they showed it on Sunday. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, Cooper Cup, the MVP of the Super Bowl, was incredible. Um, I mean, that game was it. It, it was going down to the wire. I thought the Bengals were going to really win that game, but you know, Matthew Stafford came in firing. And he just didn't give up. He he had the heart of a champion, really, that game. 
I, I agree. Also, not only that, but I think the Bengals had plenty of opportunities to take that game um, by storm. Um, you know, a lot of people, I, I guess I shouldn't say a lot of people, but some people will throw the word refs out there, you know, just saying, hey, the game was determined by the refs. In my opinion, I don't think so. I think it was a pretty even match. Um, you know, the Bengals got the got the touchdown on the obvious face mask call, and then um, the Rams uh, got the benefit of a pass interference that wasn't a pass interference in the end zone. Uh, so I mean, you know, the, you know, and that and that's debatable, but uh, overall, I think the Bengals had plenty of opportunities. Um, I, I know I talked to some people, um, you know, about the about the game that just kind of said the third quarter. It was kind of a snooze fest, to be completely honest. Uh, no one really scored. It was punting back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, the Bengals had their chance, in my opinion, to go down there and take advantage of um, of that and go do the thing that they needed to do. Um, but instead, uh, they waited till the last minute to uh, to try to put together a comeback, and uh, it, it bit them in the butt. So. Yeah, no, I mean, so to reiterate your point on the referees and everything, because I don't believe it really cost them this game. The Bengals had multiple opportunities to win this game. Aside from that touchdown that you're talking about where uh, T. Higgins, I believe, uh, grabbed Jalen Ramsey's face mask and caught that 75-yard touchdown. Outside of that, in the second half, the Bengals had a total of 50 yards in the second half. Yeah, You just can't expect to win the Super Bowl putting up numbers like that. Um, Joe Burrow, I mean, he didn't have a bad game. He didn't have a great game, obviously, no, either. No, he didn't. Um, his, I mean, he was getting consistently pressured. He was sacked seven times, which ties the Super Bowl record. Uh, we obviously remember the game two weeks ago from uh, against Tennessee in which he— or well, I guess it's three weeks because it's two weeks in between the Super Bowl. But, but yeah. That he was sacked nine times. So, I mean, that's an issue that obviously the, the Bengals will probably address later. But, I, I mean, Matthew Stafford— Four fourth quarter comebacks in the regular season this year. Uh, he did it again whenever you know the lights are on brightest. And yeah, he had two not so great interceptions. The one that he threw to Jesse Bates in the end zone that he should have just thrown that away. Yeah. Um, the running game. I mean, the Rams mustered forty three total yards rushing the entire I, game. I don't know why they kept pounding the rock. Yeah, and especially like on key downs, like first and second, where you yeah. like need to progress the chains. They just seem to be and, reluctant to try to pass the ball with Stafford and, on early downs. Yeah, and, and to add on to that, not only that, but I think that both both offenses that we're dealing with here as far as when you when you look at the Bengals and the Rams, both of those offenses, in my opinion, and how they're ran, though both of your running backs, yes, I would I would I would take Joe Mixon over Cam Akers or Sonny Michelle or you know, anybody that the Rams have. But they're but what you have in all those backs are not third down, you know, power into the end zone kind of backs. Those are shifty, elusive backs that you're going to throw the ball in the backfield and they're going to get open and, you know, get, you know, eight yards or so. But my point to bring it all together is both of those offenses require pass backs. And I I think that what the Bengals failed at, in my opinion, is they did not run any screens. And – when you're a team in the NFL that can't hold your quarterback as far as le- leaving them a pocket for the, a long enough time to make a play, uh, you know, like a play action pass or, um, you know, you know anything really, um, you do one of two things, and that is run a lot of slants or you run screens. And they didn't run any screens, and I kind of felt that was a waste of opportunity for the Bengals. Uh, they could have taken advantage um, of that 
really powerful defensive line and kind of ran some screens, try to see if they could get something open, but they didn't run a single screen. Um, like you said, they had seven sacks in total, uh, only one in the first half and then six in the second half. Um, yeah. So it was tough. It uh, was tough to watch. Yeah. And speaking of slants, I mean, if, if Tyler Boyd catches that slant on that third down right before the Rams' final drive. Oh, my gosh. We have a different game. I mean, it could be a different discussion. Yeah, it could be a different game. I mean, that's how close this game was. Uh, I mean, again, shout out to Cooper Cup. Eight receptions, 92 yards, two touchdowns. He caught that sweet no-look pass oh, from Matthew so Stafford. Pretty. That was nice. That was so pretty. Um, and then, again, I mean, y'all mentioned the defensive line. I mean, you could have made an argument. Aaron Donald, potentially, with just his disruption, could have been MVP of this game. I'm I'm okay with him giving it to Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah. Donald had three quarterback hits uh, on the night and two sacks. But, I mean, that defense as a whole, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, uh, Leonard Floyd, I really want to commend the Rams on this because even though they are a division rival, they do a lot of things that I wish other teams, including my Seahawks, wish they did. Which is a they focus on the offense. The offense we know is more tailored to in the rule game compared to the defense nowadays. And also too, when you're in a Super Bowl window like the Rams are, go for it. Go make the moves that you feel like you need to make in order to go get a Super Bowl. They traded for Matthew Stafford. They traded for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. They they traded for Von Miller. All to just you know kind of sit there and be like, you know what? We don't. We know we don't have like a long shelf life, but we're gonna make the most out of this opportunity. And I hope this continues in the NFL in the future. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Cowboys. I mean, for myself personally, I know you mentioned your Seahawks. I've been waiting for the Cowboys to do this for I don't even know how long. You know, um, and I mean, it's starting too. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, little by little, a little <laughs> bit by a little bit. Yeah, but um, another thing that I also wanted to point out in that Bengals game was, and I know this is the most obvious of it all. But the Achilles heel of that Cincinnati team, I know everyone's going to think I'm going to say Eli Apple, but I'm not going to get to him quite <laughs> yet. Yeah, I'm not going to get to him quite yet. But that offensive line, man, it, I mean, they have a few a few pieces. I'm not going to sit here and say that all five of them are, are not good. But they do have a few pieces. But had Joe Burrow had a sp- maybe another split second of time. If you go back and watch the tape, Jamar Chase is wide open yeah, that's true. with Jalen Ramsey falling on the ground on that last play. Um, and while we're talking about that, I also want to talk to y'all. Is that Does that game make a blueprint on how to beat Jalen Ramsey, or does that just show how really talented Jamar Chase is? Oh, it's only Jamar Chase. Yeah. It's all Jamar Chase. No, listen, not any low schmojo is doing that to arguably the best cornerback in oh, yeah. the NFL. I mean, Jamar arguably had the greatest rookie season a wide receiver's had in NFL history. He's very talented. There, He was very much deserving, as he's proven, of that high draft pick the Bengals took on him. And I just think that he had a really good game. He obviously caught that 46-yard pass. That, that was uh, incredible. That yeah. he set up where he was kind of like falling down. And I don't actually believe he was touched, so he maybe could have gotten up and... Maybe ran in the end zone, but the NFL ruled him down. So whatever. Um, I I just that speaks to the talent. The conne- not only just Jamar's talent, but the connection he has with Joe Burrow and the trust and the faith that they have in each other. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, Jamar Chase is one of a kind. I mean, he is elusive. He's quick. He can make moves that you know, like you said, Colin. You know, on one of the best cornerbacks in the game right now, um, if not the best. Yeah, really. I mean, like. When you see Jalen Ramsey, wide receivers are kind of scared to go one-on-one against him. Jamar Chase took that challenge, and he I'm not saying he beat him every time. 
He beat him a couple times, though. He did beat him when he mattered. Yeah. 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 He got his. He uh, official stat line, five receptions, 89 yards uh, on eight targets. I'm not, I'm sure those weren't all on Jalen, but he did, uh, he did produce. He did do his part. So. Yeah. And another notable thing is that drop by Tyler Boyd was his only drop of the season. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean he's their third. He's their excuse me third down target on a lot of situations because so much focus goes yeah. on Jamar and yeah. T. And unfor- it was unfortunate for him that in the biggest moment he had his first drop. But I definitely think this Bengals team is a team to look at. Um, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, you know they'll be back. We all hope they'll be back, but we also know how stacked that AFC is. I mean, we had a very, very, very competitive AFC this year, and that's not even including the Lamar Jackson of it all. That's true. That's so true. So, I mean, and Justin Herbert's only going to get better, and I think Brandon Staley is going to figure it out, and I think that LA Chargers team, like I said, that AFC team, that AFC is stacked. So do we want the Bengals back? Yes, we do, but we also understand that AFC is absolutely no joke, but I don't want to sit here and stereotypes or anything like that on him and be like, oh, he's the next Damarine. I know a lot of people are already saying that. I don't think we should do that. I think we should just appreciate what the Bengals have done. I know Burrow himself has even said, you know, we know we didn't win the Super Bowl, but, you know, we don't want to sit here and just mope and groan about it. You know, we're going to go out. We're going to go. We're going to celebrate what we did do. No one counted us here and we made it to the Super Bowl. You know, we're going to go out, we're going to celebrate it, we're going to be happy about it, and we're going to come back and we're going to work our ace off next year, next year and we're going we're gonna to get it done. You yeah. know, and I think that's the I think that's a great mentality for it. But as far as the Rams go, yeah, they're Super Bowl champions. You can't knock Congratulations. Them. Yeah. Um, are we, are we going to be potentially talking about, because I have an interesting thing for next headbit, but if we were going to stay on this, the last thing I will say uh, speaking to your point about Joe Burrow, is he said he he really gained his mo, uh, mentality of kind of coping with the Super Bowl loss watching Kurt Warner's documentary. I did oh, wow. see, yeah, he did say that. I, uh, I did see that, yeah. Yeah, and he just basically said, you know, uh, Kurt Warner basically was saying that he, uh, one thing that he kind of regrets was his team letting the sting last for too long from a Super Bowl loss. And uh, so Joe's kind of sitting there with the mentality of like, hey, listen, I'm going to be all right. You know, the future's bright. He went on and, you know, Hung out with Kid Cudi. After yeah, the I saw that. yeah, I saw um, that. Yeah. So I, I think Joe will be all right. I think Joe's going to be a really special player in the NFL for a long time. Uh, and I think that he's got a good head on his shoulders. So, you know, the Bengals, their franchise future is bright. And uh, I don't think they have anything to worry about anytime soon. Just need to pray that they pick offensive linemen only next year. Yeah, that's that's so. the biggest thing. I mean, like you said, Kev, you know, that AFC is, is stacked. I mean, you got Baltimore, you got the Chargers, you got... You know, you got, um, oh my gosh, the Chiefs, the Bills. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. And it's like, you just, you don't know what you're going to get, you know, every season, especially in the AFC. The NFC, maybe. It's it's not maybe. near as competitive. Yeah. It's definitely not as near, near as competitive. Hopefully the NFC gets more competitive. Um, we'll just have to see because I'd say the NFC is a bunch of old heads and the AFC <laughs> has a bunch of young, young bucks. So, I definitely would pro- would agree with that uh, with that stance. But um, before we take it over to some other drama in the NFL, um, did y'all also see that Zach Taylor got a contract extension to through twenty twenty six? Yeah, yeah, well deserved, well deserved. I think that extension is going to help Joe Burrow just a lot because I would not be surprised if they're back in the Super Bowl. I'm not saying next year, but I would not be surprised. They're going to be a team to. 
that other teams are going to be scared of. We'll 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 leave it at that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But but also like you know some players for the Rams they're going to be retiring. You know Aaron Donald has said he might want to retire um, after getting that ring. Um, but where does this where does this leave both teams like now after winning? Well, for the Rams after winning and for the Bengals like right now. Uh, well, since you guys were talking about so much about the future of the AFC, I got a little uh, Super Bowl odds for next year uh, pulled up on my screen here. This is courtesy of DraftKings. I want you to guess without looking, Anthony. You don't cheat over here. <laughs> Come on, man. I know you got a list. I, well, listen, I got a list before, but I just want y'all, before I announce where both the Bengals and the Rams are in terms of Super Bowl odds for next year, I want you to I, guess where in the NFC the Rams are and where the Bengals are in the AFC, respectively. Okay. Which teams do they fall So, under? I think I saw something like this. I know the, it's. I know next year is the projection. It's the Chiefs and the... Um, I'm trying to think, because I know the Cowboys were, like, fourth. Um, unless I was looking at a different one. I'm, I don't think that they said that the Rams would be back in the Super Bowl, but I... Hmm, let me think. No, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say Chiefs and Rams. So, you're... Well, the question is... Where, you're where saying do you think Chiefs be- and Rams? Mm-hmm. That's so, who I'm thinking is the Super Bowl matchup for next year. Where do you so think the, where do you so think the and, Bengals are? The Bengals... Yeah. So it so okay, so it'd be Chiefs I'm trying to think. So it'd be Chiefs, Bills. I'm saying f- four. So you're saying fourth in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And then you think the Rams are the favorite in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Anthony? I'm going with the Bengals and the AFC. Man, um I'll go fifth. For the Rams? No, for the for the Bengals. Okay. And then for the Rams. I'll go two. Two. Yeah. Okay. So the official results. What are you guessing? Well, I kind of have it in front of me, so I can't really. (laughs) Okay. I can't really guess on that one, unfortunately. I will say um, Kevin was partly right. Uh, The the AFC is a co favorite, but they actually have the Bills, believe it or not, as the co favorite leader over the Chiefs right now. Oh, wow. So wait, <clears throat> so the Chiefs and the Bills are like neck and neck? They're plus 70 plus 750 each. Okay. So And they- then the Rams are the favorite in the NFC at plus 1000. The Bengals are the third AFC team at plus 1400. Oh wow. I was so close. Yeah, but the Rams are currently plus 1000, the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys are tied at second according to draft. Really? Games. The 49ers? At, I mean, they did make it to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I get Garoppolo. that, but they have the 49 No, 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 no. I get that. I get that, but the right. Garoppolo has not been traded, so therefore their the quarterback decision in there is still undetermined. And I'm not I'm not thinking they're going to go with Trey Lance just yet. Oh, I I do. I think they're literally shipping off Jimmy G and giving uh, Lance the keys next really? year. Oh yeah, Jimmy G's gone. Yeah. Well, Jimmy I know G's Jimmy gone. G. I know they're. I know Jimmy G's gone, but oh, interesting. Okay, interesting. But yeah, so that's uh, those are just the odds. Hey, I just wanted we to also said the Browns are going to be in the Super Bowl this year at the beginning <laughs> of the year. So who knows I, what will happen? I don't know who you're saying we is. I definitely didn't have the Browns in the Super Bowl this Me- year. Media. In Speaking general. of the Browns, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it now? No, is it nobody's fault? It, it just didn't work. So it's not Baker Mayfield's fault. No, I, it just didn't work. I mean Baker. So I don't want to put too much on Baker because he he was hurt for a lot of the year with a bunch of exactly. nagging injuries and everything. I think it was just a, com- a combination of things. If you want to split the pie in terms of blame, however you want to, 
uh, you can. I just I, there's no one person. I'm like it's your fault that the Browns didn't work because although I will say I know whose fault it isn't. Odell Beckham Jr. That's for, the truth. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So, but no. And getting back to the Bengals and the Rams in terms of their future, the Rams do have a lot of players uh, that could potentially either a retire or b um, you know not be with the team next year. Eric Weddle has confirmed that after coming back from he's his out of there, he's done. He is he retired. He's going back to his day life. Um, Aaron Donald and Sean McVay. They they've said some stuff at the parade, but in terms of like an official announcement, nothing's been made. Yeah, n- nothing's been made. Uh, I mean, obviously they're gonna try to bring back OBJ. They're gonna try to bring back Von Miller, a bunch of these guys. So we'll kind of see where that goes. In terms of the Bengals, I mean, it's just really just retool and try to gain back mm-hmm. uh, where they where they obviously finished. Because like you said, I mean, they were playing from they were playing with house money. You could argue from when they made the playoffs. Oh yeah, because they no one they were projected to finish fourth in their division. And they somehow won it, and then you know sit there. They won a they won a game against the Raiders. They're like, oh okay, won a game against the Titans. It's like, oh, won a game against the Chiefs, and there you are. You're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I mean, it's truly an incredible, unlikely year for Joe Burrow and that squad. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was clear and obvious what your weakness was, and the Rams exploited it. Go go fix it. You know, yeah. you have an entire offseason to yeah. uh, sure up that offensive line. So. And get rid of Eli Apple. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. too. It's it's definitely gonna sting. Oh, yeah. it, it's definitely going to sting for um, Joe because I mean, you know, past two years you have gotten everything you've wanted. I think from... he, but I, but on that, I think he's done so good with winning that he knows how to handle losing. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah. I hope so. You know, I'm, I hope for the best. I hope I, for the best for the Bengals. There was uh, there was a video that surfaced when he lost his Joe Burrow lost his uh, high school championship, uh, his state championship. And he he was then brought it up after the Super Bowl it was like how does this compare between you losing the high school and uh, the Super Bowl and he said well obviously the Super Bowl is a bigger game but it, losing still feels the same yeah he said the that media he said the media coverage is different but it still feels the same right yeah, I, I think I saw that as well well let's uh, let you know kudos to the Rams they did their thing uh, everybody got their ring that they deserved uh, but let's kick it to a little bit of NFL drama we don't get a whole bunch of this. This early in the offseason, I guess. Uh, Colin, take it away. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. Speaking of the NFC West, it seems like a lot of NFC West talk today. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, right before the Super Bowl, uh, removed all pictures from his Instagram except for two um, that had nothing to do with the Cardinals. He unfollowed them on Instagram. He apparently never followed them on Twitter. Uh, Just had some, you know, never thought to do so. And uh, had really no response about it. People were speculating, is he going back to baseball? Is he, you know, sitting there uh, trying to ask out of the Cardinals for some reason? Is he looking for an extension? And Kyler made an official statement on February. So this is two days ago. So this was Monday. And I just want to read his response really quick uh, that he posted onto Twitter. I play this game for the love of it. My teammates, everyone who has helped me get to this position that believed in me and to win championships. All of this nonsense is not what I'm about. Never has been, never will be. Anyone who has ever stepped between those lines with me knows how hard I go. Love me or hate me, but I'm going to continue to grow and get better. That is from Kyler Murray's Twitter page. Guys, what are y'all's thoughts on the Kyler Murray situation? Um, I don't really know. Um, <clears throat> I guess I, I mean, I, I saw what was going on, but I also didn't make that much of it. Um... I didn't really know the motive or anything like that. So, I mean, I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Kyler Murray's mad. He's just <laughs> mad. Like, I feel like there's just something underneath that he's just not saying. 
Um, I mean, if he is mad, there's the only person he should have unfollowed was AJ Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, because I think I saw that. I think Larry Fitzgerald. He's what supposed to be. I think I'm saying the right name. Um, retiring or something. Well, Larry Fitzgerald has been retired, unfortunately. Okay, I'm thinking of someone else. Clearly, <laughs> um, unless I'm thinking of of Hopkins. Probably no, no, no. no. Hopkins, okay. Hopkins I'm thinking started. of somebody, but I'm not sure who you're thinking of. But. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, but there was a press conference with him, and he was t- saying that he may retire. But anyway, um, yeah, with the Kyler Murray thing, I, I like you said, Kev. I don't know. Um, it was very odd why he just deleted all his stuff and only had two pictures, and then the Cardinals did the same exact thing. Also, um, with two pictures of Kyler. Yeah, yeah. So it's like okay, uh, it's, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, very strange, very odd, and um, I think we'll get some answers later on down the line through the off season. Maybe if not, I mean, hey, it's just water under the bridge. Yeah, well, I mean, look. So I've got my own thoughts on it um, in terms of what I think is going on here. Um, so Kyler Murray, obviously, he played his one playoff game this year against the Los Angeles Rams. He did not have um, a good game. He did not have a you great know. game, and he was running for... Well, he really didn't run in terms of rushing attempts, but he was running for his life um, in terms of behind that offensive line. He has finished the last three years not as strong as he has started this season uh, in terms of you know everything. And he is on his rookie deal still. He has not signed a contract extension. He is uh, available for one this offseason. You know, he's sitting there and probably thought that he's done everything he could. And he's like, I'm trying to get my money, so I'm trying to get a little security here. And I'm assuming the, the Cardinals' extension talks haven't been going the way uh, he wanted to, and he's kind of lashing out. The thing that I found funniest about his response was, all of this nonsense is not what I'm about. Never has been, never will be. Kyler, you started this. If, if you hadn't deleted all your stuff and unfollowed everybody on Instagram, no one would be asking, no one would be talking about this. You're the one that started it. So <laughs> that just, to me, was I like, mean, it's funny. So I, I hate it when I hate it when athletes do this. It's kind of like Aaron Rodgers. Like, you, you go out and you do these absolutely ridiculous things, and then you step like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I did not know that I was causing a bunch of issues. Yes, you did. You knew it, You knew exactly what you were doing. You're not just going to sit here and be like, I decided to wipe my social media for absolutely no reason at all. Yeah. You know the you know the meme on Twitter? I forget what the... It's like from a comedy sketch where the guy shoots somebody or whatever and he turns back around to the camera and goes, why did I do this, basically? It's like the one where he's, it's like basically he's blaming himself for something he caused. And it's like a, a meme or whatever. That's exactly what I thought of when I saw this Kyler Murray thing. It's like... You're the one that started this fire, and you're the one sitting here and be like, oh, I guess I got to put this out. Yeah, you started it. <laughs> what are you doing here? So I just I thought it was really strange from Kyler, to yeah. be honest. I really don't think so. Now that I think about it, I mean, just think. Like you said, the playoff game was atrocious. He played one of the worst games he's ever played. He's on his rookie deal still. He hasn't gotten any contract extension. Some players are already getting a contract extension, and um, he could be upset. So that makes a lot that can make a lot of sense of why he decided to do that. And he probably wants the media attention as well because when you're a big time athlete and you are the first pick in the NFL draft, you want people to talk and media to speculate as I well. I I guess it's just it's kind of foolish. 
Yeah, but oh. I mean, you know, listen, we'll it's childish. We'll yeah. we'll see how it turns out. And, There's gonna be plenty yeah. more NFL drama to talk about. I guarantee it with everything going on. But let's go ahead. Let's take it to the association where somebody just decided to drop a fifty bomb. Not forty nine. Not fifty one. Fifty. Yep. Giannis Antetokounmpo scored fifty points on seventeen of twenty one shooting. Tuesday night to lead the Milwaukee Bucks to a 128-119 win over the Indiana Pacers. Uh, it was the fourth fewest shot attempts in a 50-point game in NBA history. The last time Giannis dropped 50 points, well, you guys might remember this, game six to win last year's NBA Finals. Congrats yeah. to Giannis. Uh, very, I mean, we, we understand the player Giannis is. And this year he's even taken another step with adding a bit of range to his game, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so the question now becomes, with Kevin Durant on the sidelines, with LeBron James showing his age, is Giannis Antetokounmpo the best player in the world right now? I definitely think it could be argued for. Who would you argue then? Um, I don't know. I mean, and the only thing is, it's just this, it's, it's hard to argue when there's multiple different you know, positions and people score in different ways. But I, I've talked about this in the past. Giannis can score in almost any way possible that he would like. Uh, he's a dom- He's dominant in the paint. He's dom- I mean, He's dominant all around the floor, and he's got a little. He's got a little shooting in in him. And I think, I think he's. Uh, I mean, I definitely think it could be the argument could be made. I just don't know who would be argued against. Are you serious? I know who you're gonna say. Are you serious? I've said this on this podcast more times than oh, you guys boy. can count. Go on, go on and say it. Say it one the more process. time. The process. Joel Embiid, Mister Three Point Shooter, the one of the most dominant players in the paint and kind of outside. Now, yesterday he did try to do a James Harden step that back, was which absolutely did pitiful. not work. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was terrible. That was pitiful. That was that was bad. That was really bad. It was like, no, don't do that. Um, but yeah, Joel Embiid. I mean. Great job for Giannis getting a 50-point. I think that's—he's he, had consecutive 50-point games. And, um, I mean, the argument can be had with, uh, with, with, with Joel Embiid and Giannis being, you know, two of the greatest after Kevin Durant and LeBron James leave this league. Um, but then again, also, you got to think of Jokic as well. And when healthy, Anthony Davis, too. I'm not saying he's the most dominant, but when healthy with with a healthy Anthony Davis, he's at least top five when it comes to power forwards in the in the league. The, the thing that the argument I'll make of with Giannis over over Embiid is Giannis is not injury prone. Availability is the best ability. And that's true. So that's the the only and out of the four you mentioned between Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Jokic is. Jokic and Giannis are the only ones that are truly, truly always there. That's true. And That's well, true. Nikola Jokic really won the MVP last year when he played all 82 games. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that that's kind of my argument as far as all that goes. And not only that, but on on uh I mean he's a great locker room guy. So Yeah. I mean the the reason why I say Giannis, because I, I, I think when Kevin Durant's healthy, he's the best, in my opinion. But the reason why I'm picking Giannis as the guy is they're really, with him shooting now, he's shooting 30% from three, and he's 72% from the free throw line. So it's respectable from both in terms of like, okay, he he is a somewhat of a threat from out there. He's not a consistent yeah. threat. He's not Steph Curry by any means. 
but he's a he's you know you can't just leave him wide open and no, expect him not yeah, to hit it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I just think Giannis from top to bottom can do pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. He can handle the ball. He can play off the ball in terms of like setting picks or standing at the dunk spot, getting offensive rebounds. He can guard one through five on the defensive end. He's a former defensive player of the year. He's just a guy that he's former MVP. Obviously, he's won a championship. I think Giannis is really kind of, and the Bucks as a whole, have really kind of just sat there and been like, you know, we won this championship last year, but we don't really feel like we've gotten the respect that we feel like we deserve. And they've kind of come out with a little bit of a vengeance because, I mean, all this talk about Brooklyn, all this talk about the Lakers, all this talk about the 76ers now trading for James Harden and everything. Milwaukee's kind of sat there and kind of floated under the radar a little bit mm-hmm. just in terms of like one of the better teams in the East, uh, ones that we especially haven't talked about enough. And uh, Giannis, to me, the fact that he's leading the NBA in scoring, being the second most in terms of efficient, in terms of PER, 11 rebounds and six assists. I, he's he's a guy that if you're sitting there and you're building towards the future of the NBA with Kevin Durant being older and kind of had some injury problem as of late, with LeBron James obviously older, Joel Embiid hasn't had the greatest injury history. I don't know if there's a guy in the NBA you'd want to build your franchise around more than Giannis. Yeah, I mean... Um... And it, I mean, the only reason why is Giannis is just he's such a versatile scorer. Yeah, you know? that's true. Um, and I mean, when you have somebody that's a, that's versatile at scoring and they're available and they're they have a large defensive presence, it's hard to be, it's hard to out, it's hard to be uh, outranked. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. But hey, watch out for Ben Ten. He could be shooting. <laughs> you don't you don't know. He could be shooting on the nets, like like actually jump shots. Listen, I, I'm I'm just you know I'm happy to see Ben back on the court again because I think he's one of the best top twenty five players when he is playing, and uh, it'll be good to see what he looks like coming off of sitting out most of the season. To to counter out or well to emphasize your point to maybe get an answer to a potential matchup, Seventy Sixers play the Bucks tomorrow or what today's the sixteenth right? Yeah, they play tomorrow night on Ooh. TNT national TV. So if you don't got anything planned for uh, tomorrow night at seven thirty. You yeah. may be able to see one uh, potential one and two in terms of the NBA uh, going head to head. So yeah, that's gonna be good. That's gonna be good. But like I said, you know, Giannis is is one of the best players. I mean, he is already a top one hundred player. I mean, you know, because obviously oh, it's yeah. gonna go from seventy five probably straight to one hundred. Um, I don't know what the order is gonna be, but um, he's if, if if he were to retire right now, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Period. With yeah. all the accolades he has. Well, and the fact that the NBA Hall of Fame is literally like the easiest thing to get into. Yeah, it is one of the easiest things um, to get into. Well, not only well, not only that, but um, you know, I mean, let's take this into accountability. James Harden being on the Philadelphia 76ers, I know he's not playing right now, but that is probably gonna drop Joel Embiid out of the MVP race. Does Joel Embiid care? No, he don't care at all. He'd rather go get a chip. But I think Giannis could start climbing for the MVP race. Honestly, I don't think it's going to drop Joel Embiid at all. Joel Embiid is going to keep dominating. That's just going to get him more looks. That, it, I, that's not going to work. In what do you mean it's not going to work? It's not going to work. Joel Embiid can't continue to dominate at the rate that he's at and still have James Harden be successful. I I, I disagree. I think Joe, there's a very strong possibility that Joel Embiid and James Harden can coexist and thrive together. They, they can coexist. Just Joel Embiid is not going to be dropping 40 points every night. He's going to be dropping 35. I mean, yeah. I, I still think Joel, with Harden coming into the team, Joel is still the number one option. 
And as long as Harden kind of sits there and be like, all right, was, I can get mine. We can run some pick and roll and everything. Joel's going to get some more looks just from the pure playmaker that James Harden is. I, I fully believe Joel Embiid, his job is going to about to become a lot easier and we could see some more explosions like we have. Right. Yeah, I, I, I definitely wrong. agree. I, I definitely wrong. agree with I that. You know, like they said, it could be the next version of Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> I don't want to speak too far just yeah. yet. Anyway. Well, let's take it over to uh to another team in the East. Um Boston has won nine straight. Speaking of the 76ers, actually. Yeah, they were without Harden. They were just uh, obviously without the players they just traded in that trade. So they got destroyed. Oh, it was bad. JT was on fire. One thirty five to eighty seven was the final score in that one. Is James yeah. Harden bad luck on the sidelines? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, Jason Tatum is a killer. Ever since he went to Duke and came out out in the league, actually, ever since he was in high school at St. Louis, and you know went to Duke and came in the NBA and dunked on LeBron in, in the playoffs. Um, Jason Tatum has just been a baller, and he's always been a baller. And um, you can just tell he just loves the game. Now, I still wish that Jalen Brown was an All Star this year. But um, you know, I I I've seen rumors that the Celtics are they are very let's just say title contender. Um, that's what people are saying that they could be pushing for a title this year. But I don't know. I mean, they have all the right pieces. It's just the chemistry because because I what I've seen is the in the past three years with that core group, it's in the playoffs where they just they don't coincide they don't mix they don't mesh it's it's always been a downhill battle for them for the Boston Celtics from that block that Bam Adebayo had in the bubble to what happened last year um I mean it's and and even obviously it was it's it was Jason Tatum's rookie year with going against LeBron James and um LeBron just destroying them in the east and that was you know when he was with the Cavs it, it it we'll see what Boston's able to do. Right now they're on a hot streak, you know, nine straight wins. Um, but we'll just have to see because you know the East is powerful and it just got a whole lot scarier with the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, no, I mean, so uh, Brown finished with 29 points in 29 minutes, shooting 10 of 17. Tatum was right behind him, 28 points and 12 rebounds for a double double. My most interesting because I I do agree that Boston's really turned it around. They were looking at potentially not even being in the play-in game. And now they're currently sitting at a sixth seed uh, in the Eastern Conference. We haven't really got a chance to kind of talk fully in-depth with the NBA without crazy the NFL and some of the other stuff has been around in the uh, world of sports. If you guys were sitting there and ranking the Eastern Conference as to who you most likely will have coming out of the East in the NBA Finals, is there a particular favor that you guys are looking at? Is there somebody sneaky? Is there a dark horse? What are you guys thinking in terms of the Eastern Conference for basketball? I mean, I would say for the East, um, Chicago. I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago came out of nowhere. I mean, obviously they're second, but I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago because just their chemistry, how they're playing, um, 37 and 21 right now, um, 22 and 8 at home, which they would more likely have home court advantage, I would think. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if Chicago or even the Cavs Came out of the East, and I know that's a that's a bold, it's a bold shot. Like Colin, you got googly eyes right now, just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, did he really just say the Cleveland Cavaliers without LeBron James? But I wouldn't be surprised, just because of that chemistry and that defense. They're ranked number four right now. Um, but that dark horse, that dark horse, I would have to go with. I would just say the Cavs, honestly, because because 
because Brooklyn's going to come up. The 76ers are going to be fine. Boston's going to be cool. Toronto, I will have to see. And Charlotte and Atlanta, if they can turn it around, if Trey Young can get back on it, they could come out of nowhere like they did last year. And Charlotte just has Lamella Ball. I think Charlotte has a better shot to get in the race than the Hawks do, in my opinion. I think there's um, some issues with the Hawks that need to be solved as far as um, players on mm-hmm. the team. I don't think that chemistry is all there. I agree. I mean, they're playing like they're playing good. Like they're playing pretty good, but for a team that went sort of deep in the playoffs last year, yeah, that's true. They're not doing that great. So, I mean, I think there's some issues with the Hawks, but I mean, I I would say, I would say the Hornets. You could expect the Hornets to creep up there because, like you said, Anthony, the the Nets will climb. They're gonna come up. They're gonna climb. Um, you know, the Raptors. It's a little hard to put your faith in the Raptors, but. You know, I guess they have that that a bit that uh, that a uh, possibility. Um, I think the Bucks are still going to climb. I mean, Colin, you talked about it. The Bucks are putting the world on notice right now. Um, I think the Bucks could still climb. And Cavaliers, hey, you know, let's have to see. We'll have to see what happens. Who would your official pick if you had to pick today? Who you think is coming out of the East? Who do you think it would be? Man, that's hard. I think it's the top three. It's either the Heat, Bulls, or the Bucks. Um, You're, you have the right to change your opinion. It's not like we're making yeah, picks. Or I, yeah, whatever. I know. I know. <laughs> I try to make all picks very, very official. Um, I think, I think the Bucks. Hmm, that is hard. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Bulls because I think they have more talent. Around uh, and they have more star players um, than the Bucks do, other than you know Giannis and you know arguments could be could be made. There are other All Stars on that team, but I don't think none of them are as prominent as the Bulls have with Levine, DeRozan, uh, Caruso is coming back soon. You know I think they have a a better rounded roster. Um, so I th- I I guess I would say the Bulls. I just think like how fast that chemistry came together for Chicago. Yeah, it's like, crazy. Zach Levine has already been there, getting Demar, getting Caruso, getting Lonzo Ball, and Lonzo's doing great in in Chicago. He's doing fantastic. I just think how fast that chemistry came all together for Chicago, um, and just how it looks. And I mean, I think that with Milwaukee, even though they don't got the star power, they got Giannis, they got the Greek freak, they got one of the best athletes, best players in the game. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if either the Bucks or the Bulls came out the East. Honestly, Miami is still a dark horse mm-hmm. because Miami just they they just dogs out there, man. They're just dogs. Miami and Eric Spolster, they are just they're killers, and they 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 that 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 three headed monster of Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, and you can really make you can make a case for well, and Bam Adebayo, they're just monsters. Yeah. No, I mean, look, it's Miami and Chicago do hold the uh, tie for the best record in the Eastern Conference right now. And yet they neither one of them, to, at least to me, I know you guys both said you both love Chicago. To me, it's I, I won't go on too long, but I do think Milwaukee, if I if you're forcing me to pick today, I would pick Milwaukee to win the Eastern Conference. In terms of a dark horse, if I want to just give one for the sake of the subject, 
I, I think, Kevin, you really nailed it. Charlotte Hornets, they've got something brewing down there. And if LaMelo Ball in a uh, playoff series with their length, their speed and everything, I think they could really disrupt somebody, especially in that first round. Um, I know we're kind of sitting here uh, talking about the East, but there's another uh, win streak going on between the uh, Phoenix Suns, who lead the Western Conference. But that's no surprise. They've been going on continuous win streaks this entire year. Yeah, number one in the West, 47-10 and 10 record. They just recently uh, beat the Clippers 103 to 96. I mean, it was it was Chris Paul, it was Devin Booker, it was you know the whole the crew. usual suspects, the usual suspects contributing. Uh, Michael Bridges added 19 and nine. Uh, Aiton had 12 and 12. Uh, this team just again they they made the Western Conference Finals or excuse me the the NBA Finals through the Western Conference last year. And again, it was just one of those teams that they're like. Yeah, all right, you did it when you know some other teams were injured. Did you did you really win it? And they're showing you that they are for real this year. They are, um, guys. What is your take on the Western Conference? I'm I, I'm actually going to kick it back to you, Cullen. Who who's okay, your pick okay. to to come out of the West? If if I had to sit here today, and you're like Cullen, you have to make a pick, and you have to stick with it, which I would be really confused by. But if but if we are. I have to give respect to Phoenix. Like until you can prove that you can consistently beat them, I get the Golden State Warriors are stacked, and I'd be on the edge of my seat in a seven-game series that I feel like I would go to. But I just the slight edge of Phoenix's cohesion and everything. Maybe if uh, James Wiseman comes back and shows me something, and Clay really returns to form, I, it'll change my mind. But if you're asking me as of right now. I'm taking the Phoenix Suns to come out of the West. Hey, I mean, James Wiseman just got done with a practice five-on-five just recently. So he he's definitely coming back. I don't know how fast he's going to come back, um, but, you know, Clay has to get back in the motion of things. Uh, if it was my pick, man, this is hard, man, because Phoenix, Golden State, and Memphis, and Utah is having some problems with their two superstars, and Dallas is making some moves at number five, and Denver's just going to be Denver, and... Even with Minnesota, which could be creeping up, um, and the Clippers just don't have Kawhi and Paul George, which is which is okay. Somehow but, they're eighth. Somehow, right? Somehow, um, but out of the top Cause five, because every, everyone below them just absolutely sucks. Yeah, New Orleans, San Antonio, Sacramento, which we don't know what they're doing. Oklahoma City, Josh Giddy, and Houston with Jalen Green. Which is kind of a mess. But anyway, back to the top five. Just real quick, I love how you did not point out your Lakers being below them at all. <laughs> I, I, we, we, we don't talk about La La. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Go back to Come your, on. go back Come to on. your pick. I'm sorry. Let this man live. La La is is Ram City right now. They're they're, they're having a ball um, right now in in La La Land. But um, out of the top five, I would say to come out of the West. I wouldn't be surprised. It's gonna be it's gonna be a bold take. I wouldn't be surprised if Memphis came out of nowhere. I felt like you were going there. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I mean, I, I I don't I don't think that's anybody's. Uh, I, I as of how they've been playing as of late, I don't think anybody would be surprised if Mem- if Memphis was the team. Um, they'd have to do a lot to take off the Suns because yeah. I don't know who in that bottom four tier could take out the Suns. I don't. I'm not taking the Mavericks. I'm not taking the Nuggets. I'm not taking the Timberwolves, and I sure as hell ain't taking the Clippers to take out the Suns. So yeah. whoever takes the Suns out of this playoff race, it's either going to be themselves, which I don't see happening, or a really good, talented team like Memphis. I think, you know, uh, the Mavericks are trying to figure things out. The Jazz have a lot of issues, so the Mavericks could creep up into that four spot. The Nuggets, until they get Jamal Murray back, I don't really know how to feel about all that. 
Um, the Warriors, like you said, maybe when the Warriors come back next year and Clay's had a full offseason and Draymond, you know, all them guys are back to, to shape, the Warriors are going to be really scary next year. I think they still got some things to figure out. I think, like Colin said, they got to get back to shape as far as with Clay and how everybody was before. Um, Steph's not shooting great. You know, they just got some different things they got to figure out. I I I, I kind of agree with you. I, I mean, if it's not the Suns, I think I think the I think the Grizzlies could really, really. I think the Grizzlies could do something. Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting. Uh, the Mavericks didn't make the moves. If you're wondering why I didn't pick the Mavericks, <laughs> the Mavericks did not make the moves necessary. If anything, they took away talent to put away to put in potential talent. So, well, I mean, they got some talent. I'm not gonna lie. They, no, they have talent, but they took away talent. They took away to money. put in potential talent. Now, if they use that money that they just got <laughs> and right. get somebody, you're then right. I'll be happy. But I don't <laughs> see that happening anytime super soon. I mean, if, listen, if you're if you're so I'm not picking the maps because I mean, listen, you're going to be talking about the Mavericks more in uh, Kevin's kickback, so I don't want to dive too much into them. But honestly, if you asked me this morning who would I pick in a seven-game series between the Jazz and the Mavericks, I would go Dallas in that series. Yeah, me too. For you the better go Mavericks because they've I mean, got to get saying, out of the first round. I mean, they, like, need, they do need to, but I, I do think they would be uh, somebody that you could definitely keep your eye on. In terms of sleepers, though, because I know we uh, we talked about sleepers in the East. Uh, for me personally, if I'm picking a sleeper in the Western Conference, so the team that's more not likely to get in, it, this is going to be such a weird topic, but like... I feel like I know where you're going to go with this, honestly. Uh, do you? I did too. Do you? I, I think, but There's I'm one not of fully two, sure. one of two teams I got eyeballed you, that I think you'll say. Well, they definitely don't reside in the state of California, so I don't know if that's where y'all were going. Okay, then I no. got one. No. <laughs> so, I, I, Minnesota Timberwolves. That's what I was going I knew with. It. I was going was, with that. Dude, like, it's... I, I'm a big fan of Anthony Edwards. I think he's the next big superstar potentially in the NBA if he isn't already one um, already. I, I Carl Anthony Towns is a solid, you know, 20 and 10 guy every night. D'Angelo Russell's that, uh, you know, secondary guy that can really take the pressure off. And again, they'd be a young upstart team, but if they, if they sat there and maybe got up into that sixth spot against Memphis, they could make life pretty interesting for jaw. Now I would still pick the, uh, the Grizzlies in that series, but I, listen, man, I, I really like what the Timberwolves are finally doing, um, you know, in terms of their roster, their building and everything. So hopefully, you know, we'll see them have some success in the playoffs, but I'm very interested to see how they go the rest of the season. So who's your second team? What do you mean? You said you had two teams. No, I mean, like, my sec- second in terms of, like, my dark horse. Oh, okay, because yeah. I'm not going to lie. And, like, I, I really <clears throat> did. I was thinking, I was like, could Dallas actually get out of the West? Like, as you know, back in the day, you know, it was like you had it's, Dirk and you didn't know what was going to happen. And then he okay, beat Kobe. And that's then a beat. completely different team than the team we're talking about right now. We're talking about a team that has can't even get past the first round right now. I know that. We, the Mavericks have a lot to figure out. This is our first season with Jason Kidd. We just got rid of KP. Lucas scoring triple doubles here and there. He's still playing into shape. We got a lot of stuff to get figured out in Dallas before we can start picking them to come out of the Western Conference. Hey, miracles do happen. True. Miracles do happen. True. No one said that he were going to go to the finals against the Lakers. No one said that. Fair. Fair. All right. Well, Phoenix let's... and Milwaukee? Who wants to go to Phoenix and Milwaukee in the finals? 
I mean, Phoenix, I, I feel mean, like it's a nice place. And Milwaukee's kind of cold. I don't like the cold, though. I'm not a fan of the cold, either. Giannis likes it, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's take it over to uh, college real quick before we head out. So there's a, there's a new number one. Yep. There's a new number one. Uh, Gonzaga has dethroned Auburn. And, uh, boys? Are we surprised? I'm not surprised. Nope. Because that man, Chet Holmgren, is a baller. He can do everything and anything. Guard every position, one through five. Shoot the three. Go in the paint. Hit the lob. Like, it's it's easy for him. He's he's the consensus number one pick, number one overall pick. And that's just a fact. I mean, he can do anything and everything on the court. And it's just, it's just easy for him. Right. No, absolutely. I think Chet is a lock to be a top three pick in this next upcoming NBA draft, uh, Gonzaga with Mark Few. I mean, that, I know they don't play in the toughest conference in the world, but they are constantly one of the better teams in college basketball for however many years it's been now. Uh, they recently took over from Auburn, who had been number one the past three weeks uh, before they lost for the first time since November, Auburn's loss. So shame they dropped down to number two, but Gonzaga with 56 first-place votes. Uh, now is the new number one team. Be very interesting to see come tournament time how Chet plays. Uh, Drew Timmy's still leading there. You remember him from last year's, uh, you know, championship semi or championship losing team uh, versus the Baylor Bears. So we'll be very interesting to see uh, how this team goes moving forward. You obviously know they're going to be well coached with Mark Few, and yeah, can't wait to see Chet Holmgren play in uh, in March. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they. I I won't say if they won the whole thing. They're obviously going to make it to the bracket. They're obviously going to... They might make it to the Final Four. We'll just have to see when March hits, which, which is right around the corner. Yep. Um, But, I mean, Drew Timmy, he's he has, what, 17.7 points per game. From field goal range, Chet Holmgren has 63%, and that's ridiculous. Um, And, I mean, they're just... The, the, the chemistry they have for from years in the past, even last year, I mean, the championship game against Baylor, their chemistry is just all put together. Well, speaking of Baylor, um, we're going to talk about a really big, big, big 12 matchup. We got Baylor in Texas Tech. Um, Colin, you got more for us on that one? Yeah. Uh, well, if you're <laughs> you're listening to us, this is our preview doing it, but it's actually starting right now. Fools oh. and Stools started a little late. Uh, it has, it's officially tipping off as of like right now, like it's literally eight o'clock right now, Oh, awesome! right now. Um, yeah, right now. So the red Raiders have gone 15 and 0 in home games. We're obviously not watching it right now. Um, I'm picking Texas tech in this one. I really think that Texas tech has a chance to make a statement win here against Baylor. Uh, obviously they're in the contention with the big 12 in terms of Kansas themselves, Baylor and Texas as being like the four ranks in the big 12. Uh, Baylor is nine and three in conference matchups. Um, it's third in the Big Twelve and giving up just under or just over sixty-two points per game. I just think the Red Raiders with uh, Mark Adams and everything. I think this is going to be a really team-oriented victory uh, for the for the game. Uh, the Raiders, Red Raiders, are averaging seventy-two points and nearly thirty-two rebounds per game. I think they're mo- the more complete team. Obviously, uh, Baylor is the defending champs for a reason. I'm going to go with Texas Tech in this one. Guys, what do you all think? Um, I think Baylor's going to take it just because Baylor's had a lot of experience being at the top. Um, and they, I think I think having the playoff experience that they had last year 
Um, is it going to play a part into this? I think I'm take I'm a, I'm taking Baylor over Tech on this one. Yeah, I mean it's a tight matchup, and the matchup predictor is only forty eight percent to fifty one, so it's really neck and neck for both teams. But I'm I, I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with Baylor also. Honestly, I mean they're nine and three in conference, twenty one and four um, with their rating. I mean Baylor they just have a great squad. They never let up. Um, their defense is unstoppable. Well, not only that, but you look and you look and you uh, and you look at the game they had with Texas. They blew they blew Texas out the water. Yeah, they did. But yeah, you did. go then you go. Sorry, look, Kevin. No, it's all good. Then you go look <laughs> at the you then you go look at the Texas and Texas Tech game, and that was a close game. Texas actually won. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Baylor in this one. Fair enough. It's gonna be tight. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think it'll be tight. I don't think Baylor will completely blow them out the water. Um, but I think Baylor could probably creep up an eight or ten point lead, something sure. like that. Well, you brought them up, Kevin. We're talking about your Texas Longhorns next topic. Hey, hey, look, 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 look. I'm a little bit, I'm a, I'm a little bit drawn here. Okay, so for those who don't know, and it's only February 16th, so the road to March from here to then, even though it's kind of around the corner, there's still a lot that can happen in, in college basketball. But as of right now, with the recent bracketology that came out from ESPN. North Texas is actually scheduled to play Texas. So who are you going I don't for? Know, I don't know if that has literally ever happened before. Not in, not in uh, March Madness. I no, no. But uh, <laughs> So if they were playing in the bracket, who would you go for? Dude, that is so hard. <laughs> um, you know, y'all know I am a I am an underdog story kind of guy. So just remember, you know where you work and where no, you go yeah, to no, of course, where of you course. get your degree. No, and... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say North Texas. Um, am I gonna be torn either way? No. Is Texas gonna be expected to win? Yes. But um, I'm all about my underdogs, and North Texas is special. Um, and I go to school in North Texas. You know. Uh, I don't go to school in Austin. Uh, I I mean I think you know I would really like to see and in, in in all seriousness I would really like to see how North Texas does uh, these next few weeks if they can stay um, one undefeated on the road and just keep this win streak going um, and just continue to be dominant in the in conference USA. I think I want to see them and how they handle UAB and how they handle uh, Law Tech. Um, we got Law Tech at home, and we have, I believe, UAB at home as well. I could be wrong though, but um, no, actually, I think I think we're away for that game. I I think we're actually away for that game. Anthony's doing some research right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm looking at it real quick. Um, but like I said, I I, I remember but, I said this. UAB is gonna get toned up by any, North Texas well, anyway. We hope so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we I I want to see how they handle those matchups first because those two are the high are the biggest matchups that we'll face. In Conference USA this year, until we reach the Conference USA playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Now, like I said, it's only Mar- it's only February sixteenth. We got a long way to March, technically, as far as standings go. Things can fluctuate in all kinds of ways. If literally, the thing about North Texas is, if we lose one game, then we're damn near at the bottom, and that's the thing that sucks. You yeah. know, if we lose one game, then we we fall harder than the than anybody else. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I mean, we're first in the we're first in CUSA. Um, we're eighteen and four. You know, uh, but I mean, we play FAU at Florida Atlantic, 
uh, tomorrow, and then UAB on the 19th. And that's an away game, right? Yeah, yeah both of okay, those are so, away games, yeah. So I really want to see how this weekend turns out. Last thing I'll mention on this topic, the number one and number two scoring defenses in the entire country, North Texas, University of Texas. Really? Yep. I did that, re- and that's as of, as of two days ago, so hopefully it hasn't changed too much because yeah. that would really kind of skewer my point. But they are, the, in terms of points allowed, uh, North Texas is number one. University of Texas, number two. If this did come to fruition, uh, uh, unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to be at the game. You know, one, it's like I'm, it's probably going to be not in Texas, and it's two, scheduled to be in Milwaukee. Right yeah, now. so um, it's not going to be anywhere near me, and I'm not going to have the money to go over there anyway. So that's going to suck. But if this did come to fruition, I'd be very happy about it. I think it'd be pretty funny. Everything would be it'd be huge. Um, I'm, I won't be really that torn on it or nothing like that, but. Boys, y'all got anything y'all want to say on that before we head out? Okay, out of the out of the last games that North Texas has to play, which games do they like have to win? We all have of, to win all of them, pretty much. <clears throat> I mean, it's like ultimately it's going to come down to us winning the tournament because if we win the tournament, we obviously do get a seed and everything. But to secure us the best seed possible in terms of getting the best first round matchup for us, we need to win. I mean, every win essentially is a must win game. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Boys, uh, for those fellow listeners uh, on the podcast, speaking of the Mean Green, we might have a special announcement coming Friday. Nothing rumored too soon yet, but make sure you want to tune in to Friday's episode. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, we are first in the CUSA. It's just, and, and, and I mean, we, we've talked we've talked about this in, in, past pod, in past shows. You know, CUSA is very interesting when it comes to just getting into the bracket because... You know, we're not playing the big-name schools. We're not playing Texas. We're not playing Baylor. We're not playing, you know, Duke or anything like that. We're we're playing good teams. It's not like we're playing bad teams, but it's just like it's harder to get into I mean, the tournament than other schools. UAB is technically ranked above us when you look at the, the mid-ranks for, ba- for college basketball. So, I mean, I think if there is one game I want us to win, I want us to win the UAB game over the La Tech game. Mm, okay. We I, we have to beat UAV on Saturday, and that and that's how I see that. Colin, you got anything before we head out? I'm all good here. All right, ready all for right. hour two. All right, Anthony, got anything? I'm good. It's all good in the hood. <laughs> all right. Well, that's gonna do it for hour two of the Fools on Stools podcast. Be sure to come back. Or I apologize. Hour one. I got a little yeah, bit yeah. ahead of myself. Got it's a okay. little bit ahead okay. of myself. Anyway, he's thank think, you. He's thinking about UNT playing Texas. Ooh. That's what he's thinking about. <laughs> he's got his yeah. mind all Might, yeah, Mine's a little bit misconstrued. Thank you for listening to our one of the Fools on Souls podcast. You don't want to miss what we got cooking for hour two. Uh, got Collins Corner, Anthony's Alley, and Kevin's Kickback. We're going to touch on multiple different topics, a wide variety of sports, and much, much more. Thank y'all for listening to hour one. And we got a lot, lot uh, waiting for y'all on hour two. Peace.